Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. You're listening to the SportsGrid Network. Let it rain! Remember the class where I taught you all how to make it rain? Make it rain. Dollar, dollar bills, y'all. Good morning, sports investors. It is Thursday, December 5th. Let's cock-a-doodle-do it. It's make it rain here on the Sports Grid Network. Joe is out for the next couple of days. He wants to, you know, leave Miami. I think he's traveling for a wedding or something like that. I know it's ridiculous. I mean, the man is talking into a microphone for like we eight to leave ten hours a day, and that's what I'm saying. And here's the thing, Jared: if you're gonna have a wedding, like make him leave Miami, do it, you know, in the summertime. <laughs> Don't do it in December or January. I know. That's I was just down there last week. Miami. It's the best. It's yeah. the best time to be down there right now. Well, I we're gonna have to there. connect, Jared, because my I, I I've got a bachelor party in about uh, six weeks down there in Miami. Okay. Uh, we got to talk about a number of things uh, because, you know, I may need you to cover for me just like. You oh, yeah, that's a good job. that's a good point. But here it is here on Make It Rain. <laughs> already hearing him. It is Jared Smith in Studio 34. And we got a lot to discuss today, Jared, because, listen, I mean, we've got conference championship weekend yeah. almost upon us and the impact that that will have on the BCS. Right. We have week 14 of the NFL season. We've got a lot of big games in there. Playoff positioning, seating at play. Um, the NBA is going on. I want to talk to you about this James Harden play and the protests that the oh, Rockets man. are man. I mean, Joe and I talked about it a little bit yesterday. I'd be interested to get your thoughts. And then, listen, don't look now, but the Major League Baseball winter meetings are happening next week I know. in San Diego. And there have been a couple of signings yesterday, as well as big news with the New York Metropolitans that I think is incredibly, incredibly important. And to be quite honest, uh, the one thing that Mets fans have been clamoring for. But I want to start with what we saw in the NBA, not even yesterday, but the day before that. Jared, this James Harden thing, when I started to say it, you were like, oh, no. I know, Um, it's it's tough. Joe and I really believe that, like, you know, they missed the call, they missed the call, you know, and it's horrible. But we really believe that in this age of sports investing, and how leagues are getting more and more in bed with, whether it's FanDuel, DraftKings, or, or having, you know, sports wagering come to their state. The problem is the integrity of the game, Jared. The idea that, well, you know, are we going to trust what we see? Are are we going to be able to have faith that these things will be adjudicated correctly? That was where Joe and I went yesterday with this. So I want to let I want to ask you first, one, do you think like the Rockets will protest? Will this ever happen? Will they replay the last seven minutes? But B, what should leagues start doing to get ahead of this in terms of just transparency? Now that you're going to have people from far and wide, at least from, oh, I don't know, eight, 19 states investing on the product. Yeah, I think the hardest part with this, and I think the word you used, that's transparency. That's that's the toughest word, because when you watch this play, any reasonable basketball fan, any reasonable sports fan would say, that was a dunk. It went through oh, yeah. the hoop. The ball like, the you know, so 
it, and, and, and that's the problem I have with some of the instant replays in the NFL is we're looking, and the pass interference rule is, is front and center with this. If you have these rules, you need to, you need to adjudicate them properly. I like that word that you used there. If, if, you're, if the rules are in place to protect, the replays are in place to protect the egregious errors. Right. They, they, need to be, they, they need to be properly enforced. So then, Jared, define egregious. That was egregious. That was a dunk. Like, that's egregious. Like, any normal human being that's watching that game sees the ball go through the hoop and says, oh, that's a basket. Just like right. any normal person watching some of these football games, these NFL games, and I think there were, I think it was one, I want to say it was, yeah, it was the Texans-Ravens game two weeks ago. Oh, on D-Hop? D-Hop. And any, any average football fan would say that's pass interference, but it wasn't. They didn't overturn it. So right. you, you have these rules in place. They need to be properly enforced. I don't know what they could have done during the game, and I don't think there's well, any well, precedent for replaying the final. I don't think there's any precedent for yeah, that. Jared, I mean, like, they do this all the time. They go back to replay to find out the right amount of time on the clock. Yeah. Was it a block or a charge? Was he out of bounds? No, it's so you know, bad. Nowadays, in the NBA, literally, like, I I know what this signal means, Jared. Yes. You know what I, I mean? You. And that, that's all they needed to do. I don't get why that didn't happen, you know? And, and you ask about, like, will they – you know, when I hear protest, I'm like, yeah, all right. Like, yeah, I know. It's 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 almost they, like a, a kid that gets mad that he gets put in his room without dessert. Apparently, there have four protests in like NBA history, and the last time uh, affected Shaq. Um, I guess they fouled him out improperly. Like okay. when he got fifth foul, they fouled him out, and he wasn't actually mm. fouled. And I believe it was uh, I forget if it was the Lakers or the Heat or the Magic, but whatever. I mean, I guess with Shaq, it could have been. Could have been all, could have been either three, Suns or whatever. Could the, yeah, could have been the Suns too. <laughs> actually, and they actually did win the protest because, but that's the, the kind of thing, Jared. Right? That's a black and white thing. Mm. You're supposed to get six. They they mistook and fouled them out on five. Right? That's the kind of black and white thing that can be adjudicated clearly. Was his foot in bounds or out of bounds? You can tell. Right? The ball went through the net. You can tell, just like you mentioned in football, how pass interference is such a Pandora's box. Why? Because it's subjective. Mm -hmm. It's not like, oh, did his foot step out of bounds or not, right? And so I agree with you, man. There's been a moving target when we talk about how they adjudicate it, how they're going to administer it, right? At first, we were like, oh, okay, they're going to have this. You can replay it. But then we realized very you know, early on in the NFL season that – their definition of, to use your words, egregious, had to be super, super, super egregious, right? And we almost been saying about a month ago, everybody would have said, oh, it's not worth it. Don't even throw the challenge flag. They're not going to overturn it. And that kind of people started to understand how high the standard was for them to overturn it. But in the last couple of weeks, Jared, they've started to yeah. overturn more Pandora's box right? is opening a little bit. Exactly. And so that is the issue then, right? Because if everybody started to understand it ain't gonna happen, they ain't gonna flip it around, right? Then you at least know what the standard is, and it becomes more close to a black and white thing. You know it ain't gonna happen. But now that they're starting to, like you said, um overturn some of them, then everybody can valid bitch and moan about, well, then why not the D-Hop one? Yeah. Why not this one? It's that That's what makes it a slippery slope, and then you pick and choose, and it looks not objective.
But this is objective. Yeah, this, that, that, that that ball went through the hoop. I, I don't know how they're going to figure it out. But, man, it's bad that we've got to keep talking. I mean, it stinks we've talked about this three days later. So much impact. All right, but we're off and running. It's Jared Smith, Dane Martinez. It's making rain here on Sports Grid. Jared, when we go back, let's, let's try and figure out who's going to be team number four in the BCS, all right? Okay. Make it rain. I like that. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back. Make it rain here on the Sports Grid Network. I'm Dane Martinez. They call me the spitting statistician. We got Jared in the building as what well. Up? Jared, what do you like better? Like, um, he went to Jared <laughs> or like the Jared the Subway guy I references? I never hear either what you... of those. I've never heard of I know. Well, <laughs> obviously, you hear them dozens and dozens of times. I'm just wondering, like, which one you hate less? Uh, hate less, that's a good word. So I would say... He went to Jared is is not ideal for me right now because it's just like people just come up to me and like they they, they they'll just use that to me all the time. I haven't gotten Subway in a while because he's been in jail for a while. I get yeah. that is true. Yeah, I so I'm I'm glad I don't get that much anymore. In fact, most people don't re- even remember him anymore. It's been a while for him. Uh, right. So yeah, it, it's so I would say that yeah. he went to Jared's probably the more pertinent but, one. You know, you're a- you're of a certain age. I bet you yeah. know a lot of your. I bet a lot of your male friends are either in, uh, you know, in, in domesticated relationships or living with their girl, and it's got. It's like you know, it's 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 the holidays, right? It is the holidays, and everyone's buying jewelry, and I'm not on that bandwagon this year. But uh, can't you be like the best thing for one of your friends? One of your friends could be like, no, no, no. I went to Jared. It's okay. I wish that I got a discount there, but it wouldn't have mattered anyways because I'm not buying jewelry for any 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 women this year. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> well, you win a lot of be- You just win enough cash this week, That's, and then you can buy whatever the hell you can. Well, please. And so let's figure this out. First of all, we have a poll question up at FNTSY Radio. All right, we we talk about, and you can feel free to vote on the poll. The question is, Jared. Who will be the quote-unquote fourth team to make the college football playoff? All right, we've got Ohio State, LSU, and Clemson. And all three of those teams are deserving favorites in their conference championship game. And I think, let's just, because we got a lot of permutations here that we're going to go through. But what I want to ask you is, you do believe that if Georgia beats LSU, you believe LSU is still in, correct? Correct. I think think there's two teams that are locked in. Ohio State and LSU are in no matter what. Clemson, that would be a disastrous loss to Virginia. There's a, I, I, yeah, if, if, if Virginia wins, I think Clemson's out, but that's not going to happen. So we, we can just put those three teams in and we'll okay. go to team four. Right, and so then I just wanted to make sure that we, we frame the poll yeah. accurately, right? Because you're not, you're not thinking, oh, well, you know, what if this happens? No, okay. no, I think the only way Clemson doesn't get in is if they lose. I think the other two games, because they're against such high-level opponents, it won't matter, and Ohio State and LSU are squarely in. Clemson loses to a 30-point, you know, a 30-point favorite. They could be out. <laughs> that, that would put them out. Let me ask, what if, what if they win a three-point game but oh. Trevor Lawrence gets injured? Oh, that's tough. I think they're still in. I don't think you can. I I don't think you can put a thirteen and zero team not in the playoff at, at the level of Clemson. 
you know, I maybe agree. if it's thirteen and zero, like someone else. But they would also be defending their champion. Yeah, yeah. I, I think Clemson's in with a win, with a loss, they're out. I think. So we have this right, and if you want to vote on the poll, obviously that then leaves the options as Georgia, Utah, Oklahoma, and Baylor. So let's go through these games kind of in chronological order here, Jared. And it kicks off um, tomorrow night. All right, tomorrow night out west, it'll be Oregon and Utah. What I'm staring at right now is Utah is a a six-and-a-half-point favorite. This total, though, Jared, has continued to go down. It opened up at, like, 48-and-a-half, 49. I was talking about this with Joe earlier in the week. It was at 47. I now stare at it at 45-and-a-half. We all know Utah has a great defense, but we also know that the Ducks are coming with what many people People believe will be a top three pick in the NFL draft at quarterback and Justin Herbert. What we talked about last week, because we're always looking for the edge here on the grid, right? Get on the grid, you know, get a little bit of cash, buy some rings, buy some secret Santa gifts, get a bigger turkey. I don't care what it is. But one of the things we mentioned, Jared, and I want to see if you buy this, is that Levi Stadium is a horrible field. Horrible. Probably the worst in the NFL. Exactly. And apparently it's been raining in San Francisco all week. What a surprise. (laughs) And so I'm reminded, here's my comparison point, Jared. Remember when the Chargers and the Chiefs played in Mexico City? Yes. That's right. And everybody thought that game, I think that total for that game was supposed to be like 50-something, like 53. And everyone was like, oh, these teams are going to score. These teams are going to score. And then the field was so sloppy. No one had any footing. That game didn't go over. So, where do you lean here? I'll, I'll ask you on the game in a minute, but what about what do you think about this total? It's gone down three points over the last, like, I don't know, 72 hours. I, and it's got to be more than just the Utah defense, right, Jared? Yeah, I mean, I think Oregon's defense is probably a little underrated, too. Uh, I think, actually, if you look at the two, offense, or two defensive lines in this game, or Utah's probably got the best defensive line in maybe college football. I think Oregon might be two or three. Uh, Oregon's defense, very underrated. Mario Cristobal is a line coach. He's more of an offensive line coach, but what he's done at Oregon, you know, obviously they still spread it out and they still like to move the ball up and down the field, but they are a trenches team now. So both of these teams are trenches teams. They like to, you know, mix it up in the middle. And, and, and I I do think the total has gone down maybe a hair too far. And based on what we've seen with the move and what I'm hearing out in Vegas, it might kick back up a hair closer to game time. Uh, weather depending, of course. So keep sure. an eye on the forecast tomorrow in San Francisco. If the forecast clears at all, I think you might see this go back up to 46, 46 and a half. I don't know if it's going to get to that key number of 47. Again, I, I don't buy key numbers on totals, especially in college football, but 47 yeah. in the NFL is kind, of a, is kind of a tipping point. So if it gets to 46, 46 and a half, I don't think it'll get back to 47. But if you were late to the party on the under, I would wait till game time because you might get a favorable forecast. And again, in my mind, rain means nothing for totals. It's wind and field conditions, as you said. Uh, I, I didn't check so what the wind was going to be. Yeah, it could. It could. Yeah, and and if it's been raining all week, I think it could lead to a soft turf. And we saw that. But you know what, though? I, I Again, it, totals are tough in college football because we saw Stanford-Notre Dame the other day, and that total was low. It was windy in Santa Clara all day in, in uh, Levi Stadium, and then all of a sudden, boom, they score 50 points in the game, and it goes over. So, 
Uh, 45.5 right now is really low. If you missed, I think it actually opened like 50, and it got shot down really fast. Like, it was one of the, yeah, yeah, it was a quick, quick move. Sharps got on it really fast. I do think there is value to be had in the over right now. But if it goes back up to 46.5, and if it touches 47, that's when I would move back on the under again. I'm laying off this total for now. I've got a futures play on Utah to win the Pac-12 plus 300 that I'm holding steady, and that's going to be my play for this game. I'm not going to hedge it. Uh, even though we've seen some of the money line uh, drift towards Oregon a little bit, I think Utah does win the game, and I'll hit my I'll hit, hit my future. And I'll keep an eye on the total, but for now I'm going to lay off because I think the movement was right. It came down to where it should be, and if it ticks back up maybe to 47, I'll hit it for the under. All right, so let's pencil in Utah mm. as the Pac-12 yes. champion, and then let's play out the rest of the weekend. Beautiful, Jared, because, I love this. Because that is only one piece of the puzzle, right? And by the way, to be quite honest, I don't know. I think I think these conference championships, you know, I know everybody wants their own TV window, but you know how, like, soccer, they all play at the same time? Yeah, because yeah, they yeah, don't- yeah, yeah, yeah what they need to be able to do. Uh, Conference Championship Week needs to look into that a little bit because, you know, teams like Baylor and Oklahoma will know what they need. Teams like Great Clemson point. And that's a good point know. for gambling, too, because we're going to see the yeah. lines move from Friday to Saturday, guaranteed. If Utah blows out Oregon, we're going to see that Oklahoma line move to 10. Pro- yep. I promise you that. Promise someone, you that. Yeah, right, because they will have to win more impressive. Mm-hmm. Right. And then and it also you talk about the the, the sides. I think it has something to do with the totals in, say, the Clemson game. Right. Because then Clemson, they can take their foot off the gas pedal if they know, you know, if they know that they're in no matter what, that sort of thing. But absolutely right. All right. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to talk Baylor, Oklahoma on the other side of the break. But, Jared, you brought up something also that's interesting. You talked about these key numbers for totals Mm -hmm. and how you don't talk about them much in college football anymore. Do you really need them? Are there really key numbers in totals anymore at all? I think in the NFL there are. I think 37. I think 43. Yeah, that's a good point. point That's a good point. With the amount of teams going for two now more and more. Listen. I know 10, 15 years ago when I got a box pool for the Super Bowl, I didn't like having the number nine or the number two or the number six. Now, all of a sudden, it's all good because something weird is going to happen. Less we'll pertinent talk about, now. Yeah, we'll talk about that and all the other uh, big-time college football teams we're going to see this weekend. It's making rain here on SportsGrid. Jared and Joe, but they ain't still there holding it down. Come on back. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. A little Tribe Call Quest bringing us back to make it rain here. On a Thursday, December 5th, I got to let you guys know, you can get in the game with the DraftKings Sportsbook. It's where listeners of this show can get a deposit bonus of up to $500. Here's how it works. Create a DraftKings Sportsbook account. Make a deposit. Place a bonus of $500. This offer is eligible for all 
users. Plus, new users will get a risk-free bet of up to $200. Just go to sportsgrid.com slash DK to play. That's sportsgrid.com slash DK to play. Also, if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER if you're 21 and over. New Jersey only. Eligibility restrictions apply. See website for details. Jared, I always find it funny when I'm reading that part of the ad, like if you have a gambling problem. (laughs) You know, honestly, because I love all our viewers and listeners, right? But if you're up at 725 in the morning to get leans on, you know, uh, what we're about to talk about, the Big 12 college uh, championship game, eh, there's the number to call. There's the number number to call. Well, I think everything in moderation, Dane. That's my that's my motto in life. Everything in moderation, including moderation itself, Jared. Yes. Okay. Which means that, yeah, moderate, but every now and then, while out, okay? And one of the things you may want to do that with is this next game. I'm going to tell you something, Jared. Of all the conference championship games that are happening this weekend, I feel the best about a bet in this game. Okay. All right? Um, I want Baylor plus the points. I want Baylor plus the points in this game. I saw what happened about a month ago, right? I saw that Baylor can, in fact, hang with Oklahoma. And I'm going to tell you the truth. Baylor is the best defense in that entire conference, all right? And I think when you put all these things together and when you see a team for the second time around, if anything, I think it becomes a closer game. I think Baylor is live. I like Baylor plus the nine. It was eight and a half. That means the line is moving away from what I think. Hattie, what do you see in this game? Yeah, I mean, I I, I do think what we saw last Saturday with Baylor and Kansas is going to get Oklahoma a little more value than probably people thought. I think this game probably should be booked at 10. I think it'll close Mm. at 10. Uh, Obviously, that win again, you know, that's a tough win for Kansas. I mean, over Kansas. I mean, I know you're like, what are you talking about, Jared? Kansas stinks. That's a look-ahead spot for Baylor. I mean, it's the classic right. look-ahead spot. I was on Kansas plus 14 on Saturday. Uh, I was sitting next to Ariel at the sportsbook. We were watching the game, and I gave her Kansas, and I felt like a huge jackrabbit for giving it to her because <laughs> they got absolutely destroyed. And I was, you know, and I thought my reasoning was sound there with Baylor looking ahead. I'm impressed with what I've seen from Matt Rule. To have his team focused like they were for that game against Kansas in Lawrence with no right. crowd – you know, a do- that's a dog spot for Baylor. That is a sure. perfect spot for them just to go on. It shows that they're not just like Johnny come lately, that he's got them ready. Exactly. So I was impressed with that. Uh, I think that win helps Oklahoma's resume if sure. they do win that game because it gives Baylor a little bit of a boost. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm, you know, it's that's a tough game for me. I, I do think Oklahoma does win. I think nine's probably the right line. I think it'll close at 10 because I think you are going to see Utah win. Uh, maybe not convincingly, but I do think they win on Friday, and I think that pushes uh, a little bit of money towards Oklahoma because Oklahoma now has Style kind point. of seen what they have need to see, and now they need to respond. So I think right. that'll push the line to 10 by Saturday. So if you like Oklahoma, bet it now. If you like Baylor, I would wait. Um, and and it does seem like Oklahoma is going to be the public side. I don't necessarily think they're the sharper side, though. I do think we've seen some sharp money come in on Baylor. Uh, we just haven't seen the line reflect that yet. I, I I'm I'm going to go with Oklahoma here. I mean, I I don't think they're okay. I, I don't think they blow them out, but I, and that's I do, the thing for me. Yeah, I do it's, think it's, Oklahoma could win the game. game. I think they could win the game, but especially in a Big Twelve kind of game. Chad, back doors are open. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? No, I'm not and swallowing 10 points. I'm, I'm not right. swallowing 10 points. I that's actually kind of like this. the over a little bit. Uh, really? I, I, yeah, I know that sounds crazy because you would think of Baylor's defense, but 
I think if Baylor wants to win this game, they're going to have to score some points. So I do think they open up their offense a little bit early, and I think they try to get an early lead, and they try to keep Oklahoma at bay, and what that would do is that's only going to speed Oklahoma up more. Right. So I think 64 and a half is pretty low for this game. Uh, I, I know Baylor's defense has been good, but the fact that these two teams have played each other kind of takes away that edge. Because you know when you get a big game, it, teams kind of feel right. each other out early. I don't think that's the case here because these two teams have already felt each other out for four quarters. And, in fact, Oklahoma, with what they did in the second half of that game, already feels confident that they can score on Baylor's defense. So I think Baylor spreads it out and opens it up early. Yep. I, I think the over's got some value here. I, I'm going to wait to see if, if, if it moves at all by the end of the week. I mean, I know it's already Thursday morning. But 64-and-a-half, I think, is pretty fair value for a Big 12 game, especially Oklahoma, who can move so- the ball at will. So let me ask you this, because I like the way, you know, we're we're looking at the weekend as a whole, mm-hmm. right? And one of the things you've been saying is the impact of that Pac-12 game. Hey, Jared, if Org, if if the Ducks win on Friday night, yeah, then by your logic, why not take the under then, right? Then the need for style points goes away, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, it, it does. I, I mean, I I don't know if the total is as reflective of that, okay. maybe. I think the total is more reflective of what the pace of the game will be. Um, I, I agree with your logic there, and you know it's hard for us to maybe put it too far in advance because yeah, Oregon I don't want to extrapolate. Yeah, out yeah. Too much, yeah. O- Oregon beating Utah, what I think, I think that would shake up the landscape so much that I would look to Baylor in that spot because I and think Baylor that, thinks I, they're live. Yeah, exactly. Baylor exactly. feels live, hundred percent. So I, I think. The, I think that Oregon-Utah game is so fascinating, and I, I like the Pac-12 for take. I would say they're taking a risk by putting their game on Friday night and kind of you know showing their hand early, especially this. And I, I know they didn't know that this was going to be the college football playoff scenario right. when they were going into the year and they booked these games on Friday night. I do think they play on Friday night every year, but I think what it does, it sets the table for Saturday very well because right. Utah has such – a linchpin impact on where this college football playoff uh, scenario goes over the next few days. Utah losing on Friday night would be the first domino into what I think would be an underdog trend for the weekend. Yeah, absolutely. Let me ask you one more thing about this game. Uh, Matt Rule and Lincoln Riley will both be in the NFL next year. Oh. (laughs) What do you think? I've been on the Lincoln Riley bandwagon for about a year and a half. I've got got an Oklahoma – I've got an Oklahoma CFP title ticket that I'm kind of hoping maybe they sneak in. But uh, Matt Rule, no. I don't think Rule goes to the NFL. I I think Lincoln's got a shot. He's coaching the Cowboys in in, in a month and a half. I know. I don't know if they're going to fire Jerry Jones. It's crazy. I mean, I don't know if Jerry Jones is going to fire Jason Garrett. As crazy as that sounds. He left the door open. I don't know if you read that quote. Jerry left the door open. He said like he'll be coaching somewhere in the NFL. Yeah, he left the door open for him to stay. And I think that's Jerry Jones hedging his bet a little bit. You know, Jerry's a gambler, too. He's a gambler, too. Uh, and Jerry kind of left the door open there. Uh, I think if I think if the Cowboys win tonight, it'll be a much different tone in Dallas. If they lose, it's so – the NFL is like every week. It's like – it's yeah. crazy. One week, he's oh. the best coach in the league. The next week's the worst. Like, it's crazy. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I do think both of these guys will be – in greener pastures, uh, if it's not next year, very, very. They both have very bright futures. Very, Absolutely. especially Lincoln Riley. I've been on his bandwagon. I mean, think about it. If they make the playoff this year, Dane, Lincoln Riley would have taken three quarterbacks. Right. Baker, Tyler, and now Jalen. Yeah. Three years in a row, three different quarterbacks to the college football yes. playoff. Unbelievable. 
Absolutely, absolutely. So we will definitely keep our eyes locked on that Big Ten game, uh, Big, uh, Big 12 game, but at the same time, you know, how, it, how they uh, play versus if Utah or Oregon wins and what they have left in front of them is pretty interesting. Let's start to turn our attention to the SEC championship. A lot of people think this is the main event. Mm. You know, right now I'm staring at LSU minus seven, Joe Burrow and the crew as a full touchdown favorite. Uh, taking on Georgia, them dogs coming in, obviously from Swift and that whole crew. Listen, I'm holding. You talked about you were holding an Oklahoma t- ticket. I'm holding a Georgia ticket. Me too, Jared. All right, I thought that was the value going into the season. So did I. Totally um, agree. You know, I was like, all right, everyone's slurping Alabama and Clemson. I think I got it at eight to one. I think I got it at nine to there one. There you go. You got the better value. What right around that number? So listen, I believe. Georgia can beat anybody in the country. I, I just do, right? But I believe Joe Burrow is the best player in college football, and I think this LSU offense may have enough even over Georgia. How do you see this game, especially with Georgia? You know, they have a path in front of them as well. This is, in essence, you know, people talk about wanting to go to eight teams or 16 teams. This is a playoff game uh, with an eight-team playoff. Yeah, I mean, I think we've got three playing games this weekend. Utah, Oklahoma, and, and Georgia, you know, all have an opportunity to play them play themselves into the playoff. Yep. So the line on this game I thought was spot on, and I love – I'm a lines guy. You know, I, I've done some shows with you. I, I, you know, I like analyzing the lines, and then I think looking at lines leads me to the handicap of the game. Some, some, some teams – there are some handicappers go the opposite. They look at the handicap and the stats and the numbers, and then they analyze the line. So the line in this game pointed to me, Georgia. Uh, the Westgate opened this at six and a half, and everyone else opened it at seven. I even saw seven and a half on FanDuel until yesterday, and I'm kicking myself for not getting in my car yesterday and driving to the book and getting Georgia plus seven and a half over a FanDuel because uh, it, it got gobbled up really fast. Um, to me, when the Westgate in Vegas, which is the sharpest football book in town, everyone knows that, when they open a line off of a key number like that when everyone else in town is in one direction. Yeah, the hook, yeah. Yeah, so everyone's at seven in Vegas, but the Westgate's at six and a half. To me, that makes me, all right, I got to take a hard look at Georgia here. Uh, right. And I think offensively is where Georgia will obviously struggle in this game. But if they can figure out a way to get an early lead, we've seen LSU play from, from in front. We've seen them be the hammer a lot this year. Yeah. How do they respond if they become the nail? and Georgia's defense pounds them early, and they fall behind, how does Joe Burrow and company respond? We have not, just like Ohio State, we have not seen them up against the wall this year with their backs up against the wall. I want to see that. I want to see how they respond. But at the same time, this LSU team is now built to be able to do that. That's if you true. asked me five years ago, they had no shot. But now they're a spread offense. Now they could generate points. We'll talk about it a little bit more on the other side of the break. It's Make It Rain. It's Jared and Dane here. Get on the damn grid. It's Sports Grid. We're helping you win your leagues and win that cash. Come on back. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
Garrett probably didn't get a lot of sleep last night. No, he ain't used to no I did not. I already now, now, Jared. I wake up at like I wake up at like five thirty six a.m. on Saturdays just because my body uh, wakes me up. It's the worst thing on earth. But well, any it's, of it, it's it's a little tough just because we, when we were doing the late show last night, I put in all these bets. I wasn't gonna go to sleep when the bet games are still going on. Listen, the games didn't end until twelve one o'clock in the morning. So I know Joe and I listen when the NBA playoffs were going on uh, and the games that were starting in Denver and Portland yeah, at like 10, ten. Yeah, ten thirty. It's all good. It's making rain here on the Sports Grid Network. We do whatever we got to do to get you guys the edge. That's what happens here on Sports Grid. Jared and I were talking about this entire amazing weekend of college football, trying to play out what we think will happen to ultimately answer our poll question, okay? Who will be the fourth team in the college football playoff right now, Jared? Just so you know, right now, 63% say it, it will be them Georgia Bulldogs. Wow. You and know, that- and I could see that. I really can't. I mean, and we were, you know, we're talking to that game on the other side. I, I could see Georgia winning that game. I really can. If there's a team that can slow down LSU, it's Georgia. So, yeah. I, I Is that where you're ultimately going, though? I mean, I... I, I've got the. I've already got the ticket in my hand, and it's you know I, I wish I waited because I could have literally wated. So we made this. I made a bet Georgia to make the playoff as well, plus one thirty. So okay. ironically enough, I think the total. You could I think, off that. Exactly. Like I think the. I think the money line for Georgia is like plus two hundred, plus one night, somewhere in that range. I could have waited three months, four months, and made the same bet at plus 190 that I made at plus 130. Obviously, we don't know that they're going to lose South Carolina. I, I looked at Georgia's schedule, and I was like, who's beating Georgia this year? Uh, and obviously, the answer is South Carolina. Um, right now, it looks like Georgia plus 220. So, yeah, I could have got, I could have waited and gotten another dollar of value there. Yep, and 54 and a half is your total on that one. Okay, now, the night ones I find interesting. Jared, for a couple of reasons. I think 28, 29, 30, I just think it's too many. I just think it's too many, Jared. For Clemson? Like, yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. Clemson is, you know, they're winning by an average margin of something like 35, 40 points a game. I know. I get that. But I haven't seen them tested at all, Jared. Like, North Carolina had them to, it was a one-point game. And, And 30 is a lot in this kind of scenario. All right, the other thing that always ha- that I think can happen is, Jared, what happens if they're just, you know, that quote-unquote feeling each other out in the first quarter? You know what I mean? What happens if this game just happens to be 14-10 at halftime and then Clemson runs away, you know? And, and I can see this still being a, a, a 38-17 kind of game. You know, a 41-20 game, a game where, you know, Clemson pulls away, but to completely discredit Bronco Mendenhall, Perkins, and these Virginia Cavaliers, I think, I I just, they haven't faced anybody that can hang with them. I don't know that we know if Clemson is 30 or 28 points better than a legitimate, than a legitimate, you know, coastal division champion. Yeah, when I saw this line, I was like, whoa, (laughs) I was like, wow. The books love Clemson. Clemson's been rolling. The thing that scares me, there, there's two things, and, and I agree. I, I'm not betting this game. Uh, I have right. actually yeah, no exactly action. Right. I, I have no action on Clemson uh, in any futures markets. Uh, I might sprinkle on them to win the title before this game because I think if you're going to do it, do it now. Yeah, uh, yeah. And, you know, you're probably going to lose maybe 10 cents of juice uh, if you wait, but, you know, I'll do it now because I do think Clemson's going to win the game. I think everyone can agree on that. The thing that scares me for Virginia 
So Virginia, what was it, like 14 in a row they've lost against Virginia Tech, and they finally get that monkey off their back. Right. And, you know, and that is their ticket to a, a New Year's Six Bowl game, basically. Yeah. Getting into Orange this game. Bowl, probably, right? Yeah. yeah. So, uh, Orange Bowl seems to be where Virginia's going to go. And if you were going to ask any Virginia fan before the end of the year or before the start of the year, excuse you me. You make it to the Orange Bowl, would you sign up? Absolutely. Yes. Every Virginia fan does backflips for that. So, and obviously, Bronco Mendenhall, I, I don't discredit him at all. I think he's one of the better coaches in the league, but it's a bad league, it's a bad ACC. And it's an ACC where, you're right, Clemson could have sleptwalked through that conference, other than the North Carolina game, which was, in my opinion, an anomaly because North Carolina is an average team. Uh, And since that North Carolina game, it's been lights out. So that was almost like the loss that didn't happen. It was like the near miss where Clemson woke up. Uh, I, I think Clemson's playing the best football of anyone in the country right now, and there's you, you couldn't pay me to step in front of them. Uh, it, I don't care how many points I'm laying. Uh, Virginia's losses this year, Notre Dame, Miami, and Louisville. Two of them were on the road. Actually, excuse me, all three of them were on the road. Uh, the Miami loss doesn't look great at all. Uh, Louisville's right. played slightly better the last couple of weeks, but also not a great loss. Notre Dame's Notre Dame and, and on the road. Uh, they did not cover against the Irish, but it's still a tough game. Uh, I, I can't step in front of Clemson here. I, I, I think Clemson's the best team in the country. I think they win this one going away. Will they cover 30? Maybe. Uh, does right. it matter? No, because they're in the playoff regardless if they win. Uh, they don't right. need style points. So I could see them tailing off late, and the late touchdown makes it from 35-3 to 35-10, and Virginia covers. Yeah. Uh, I could totally see that. If you need action on this game and you want a coin flip, Virginia's probably the play. But I, I can't put my hard-earned money against Clemson in this spot considering just how good they – I mean, Clemson, I think, is the best team in the country. I think Clemson wins the national title. I do. Uh, I, I just can't lay that many. It's, it's a perfect layaway spot. Hopefully, I'm up yeah. all day. And right. I'm looking at that game, and I'm like, oh, great, I'm up. I don't need to touch this game. You if I'm down, do maybe um, I'll take a shot. All right. But, but I, 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 do think, I do think Clemson's the better team by far, and probably 28's the right number, and it probably falls on one side of it, late score pushes sure. it to one way. All right, fair enough. And listen, the books agree with you, by the way, Jared. Right now, Clemson is the favorite at plus 140 over on FanDuel. Wow, I was hoping for 200 the there. Playoff. I might no, not right bet now, it. I might not bet it. It's Clemson 140. I mean, right now, the value is LSU. Uh, yeah. Clemson plus 140, Ohio State plus 165. I'm not buying and Ohio then, State yet. I know everyone loves them, but I'm just not buying it. I'm not buying and it then yet. And then LSU at 4-1. to one. They've played even That's a weaker schedule choice. than Clemson. <laughs> yeah, but they do have some, like, they do have wins against, you know, Penn State. Yeah, that that's a good Michigan win. Game. Penn State and Michigan are better than anything Clemson has. I know. I just I'm I'm down da- I'm, I'm down and then on the this Big Ten. Win I'm down against on the Wisconsin ACC would be a third. It's crazy. You know, I think w- the Big Twelve might be the best conference in in uh, in college football besides the SEC this year. Right. And it's funny how you have to say it. Besides, besides the yes. SEC. Besides All right. So <laughs> if that's what's going down, right, then also at the same time at night we got Wisconsin and Ohio State. Um, here I I, I want to ask it to you two different ways. One, because we talked about looking at it comprehensively in the weekend, right? Yeah. If everything goes according to plan, is there any window where Justin Fields doesn't have to play? That's a great point. Um, I, I think he has to play. I, I you know, LSU beats Georgia. LSU right? wins. Oklahoma wins. Clemson wins, Clemson right? Wins. All this. 
Ohio State's, State's in regardless. Yeah, I mean, they're in regardless anyways. I think the reason why he has to play is just because they haven't played. I mean, he's played in what? Half of the games this year. Like, not half of the games, but in a, in a half of most of the games. Second half, a lot of times, I mean, he's sitting. Uh, I, I, so, I, I do think... I do think Fields needs to play. Wisconsin got the doors blown off him by Ohio State earlier this year. No one was right. no one was disputing that that Ohio Johnny, State is miles ahead of Clemson. Yards on Saturday night. Justin Fields yards. I was saying no. I said did jo- does Jonathan Taylor somehow oh. run for twenty yards on Saturday night and flip the script? Because I mean, like that would be the yeah. only case I could. Like if I asked you, you know, my questions for you, Jared, was going to be like. Will Justin Fields play? Right. I think Fields plays. I, I think you've got. Well, first of all, he's never played in a conference title game, so I, I, I think I think he's got to get that experience. He needs. And I'm not saying this game's going to be close, but but he needs a close game. He, he needs to be tested, just like LSU has not been tested yet. So, is there any case to make for Wisconsin? Yeah, there's a case. I I, I think Wisconsin can keep this game close in the first half. Uh, I think their defense can. You know, the second time you face a team, and and I know I've I've heard. Good, good arguments on both sides of this, where it matters and it doesn't matter, and, and the line's always different the second time around. It should be, it should be compressed. We're seeing this with Cincinnati yeah. and Memphis, which is uh, a yes. really interesting situation because it's back to back. But Ohio State, Wisconsin, I want to say they played like a month and a half ago, six weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know that's relatively fresh. Um, but I, I, I do think there's a case to be made for Wisconsin. I think there's a chance that they keep this game close. Obviously, Ohio State, I think, is the better team. But when it comes to Wisconsin. If they can figure out a way to run the football and keep Fields on the sidelines, not because he's not playing, but because the offense isn't on the field, then they've got a shot. I think this is the one big spread that I could see some value on for the dog just because, again, Ohio State has not been tested this year, and I want to see that. That that Penn State game was a good win, but that game was not close. Like, I, 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 I'm a, even this coming from a Penn State alum, that game was not close. That was a blowout, and Ohio State fumbled it on three straight possessions. That game should have been – Ohio State should have covered that number by two touchdowns. The Michigan mm-hmm. game clearly was a blowout. So right. their, their two big wins this year were against teams that were lesser opponents, and they the, the one of them that Ohio State wasn't able to cover, Penn State should not have covered that game. I don't think, Penn, I don't think Ohio State's really been tested this year. I, I want to see someone test them defensively. I don't know if it's going to be Wisconsin. I think Wisconsin has the best shot because they've got the better defense than a lot of these other Big Ten teams. But 16's a big number. So I, I, if you're going to play Ohio State, I'd play the first quarter of the first half. And if they right. don't come out strong, then you've got a good value number to come out in the second half. Uh, but I, I, I'm curious to see if Wisconsin can test them. I think, I think Taylor can run the ball. I think Ohio State... Uh, and that's got to be the game plan, right? They want to limit possessions, right? Be. They're going to want to limit possessions to keep it tight, try to have a close game in the fourth quarter, and then someone makes a play. So if that's the case, if you think it's going to be a kind of, uh, you know, a slower-paced game from Wisconsin, what about this total, Jared, at 56-and-a-half? Yeah, I mean— Sounds I, like, like an under, maybe, it, it, if it, the it style be, makes fight. It could be, I think—and and it's actually funny. I've had this conversation with a couple of my friends about— uh, styles of games that lead to mm-hmm. totals. Yeah. And I think it's a I think it's actually a common misconception that running teams lead to unders and here's why. So, teams that run the ball well tend to score touchdowns in the red zone. And teams that throw the ball well sometimes have issues in the red zone. Yep. So, at, to me the biggest difference between an over and an under hitting is red zones. Field goals yeah. to touchdowns. So, teams yeah, that score yeah. touchdowns in the red zone 
or running teams for the most part, or that, that seems yeah. to be the stretch. So I, I think sometimes running teams tend to go over a little more because you're the, the line's down because it's a rushing yeah. team, the common misconception. But those teams will always get that extra four points by going touchdown instead of field goal. Or not always, but, you know, they train you, to get to yeah. So So I think it's a common misconception sometimes that running teams tend to go under. And 56 and a half is actually a low total. I could see this one fly. I could see Wisconsin scoring 28 points in this game. I really could. Uh, you know, Ohio State's looked vulnerable at times on offense that, or on defense this year. I, I could see this game being in the 30s. Uh, if Wisconsin wants to keep this game close, they're going to have to open up their offense a little bit. They're going to have to score four touchdowns in this game. 17-10 not going to win this game. No, this is going to have to be 27-21. 17-10 maybe your first half total. Yeah, exactly. 17, you know, <laughs> you this know? is not a Big Ten game where it's going to be a knockdown drag out affair. Wisconsin's going to have to, you know, obviously they want to keep the ball on the ground and keep the clock moving and keep their offense sustainable, but Wisconsin's going to have to take some shots in this game. Jack Cohn, Sayville kid, Long Island kid, he's going to have to play well for Wisconsin in order for them to score enough points to keep up with Ohio State. They certainly can. We've seen Ohio State's defense look vulnerable at times this year. If they can control the pass rush, how do you how do you control the pass rush? Running, screens, yeah. draws, things that are a little more badger like. I could right. see Wisconsin scoring some points in this game. I would say the total uh, over would be the play for me. Though. We'll see how many possessions there will be in this one. We'll wrap up hour number one of Make It Rain, and then we'll turn our attention to the NFL in hour number two. It's Dane and Jared here. Get on the grid. It's the Sports Grid Network. Good morning. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Toma! All right, make it rain here on the Sports Grid Network. Dave Martinez, Jared Smith in for Joe. Um, you know, I asked you things, Jared, about like, should, like you ask me things. should Fields even play? Should Chase <laughs> Young even play? Right? And, you know, we got like a minute or two before the top of the hour. Okay. And uh, about a month and a half ago, the question was, should Tua play? Yeah. And uh, he did. He played for the entire first half when they were up 35 to 7, uh, and they didn't need to. And now there's another question facing Tua, Jared, and it's should he declare or not? And he gave a really interesting interview. I don't know how much of it you caught. I thought he was incredibly thoughtful. The idea of now, like, you know, we see people leaving early to get to the contract, right? He may do the actual inverse, stay to have a better contract, where would be the line for you, Jared? You know, like if if you if he's gonna be the like 14th pick, if they get if he gets some good advice and he's still a top 10 pick, he goes right. But if he's gonna fall in the second round, he doesn't. I think. Listen, I think it is very mature and thoughtful of Tua or of his people, right, to consider this instead of being like right away, oh, I'm out because. It is that first contract. You know, who knows if he's going to get to a second contract in the NFL? Nothing is guaranteed. CTE is the only thing that's guaranteed. So maybe it is a smart move for him to go back, be dominant with Alabama next year, and be a top two or top three pick again. Yeah, I can't, or, I can't argue with that. I, I, I think if I wasn't the number one pick, I would stay. 
I really would. I mean, I well, think. Do you think he was going to be? He wasn't going to be the number one pick anymore, you know, right? Maybe the top Burrow. three. Yeah, maybe right. top, top three. I, I mean, I think, you know, any first round grade, any first round grade would be right. push me out. But for someone like Tua, who was, you know, everyone was tanking for Tua a couple months ago. Yeah. Uh, you know, now that he's not in that spot or even in the top three, I would say. Um, I, I, I would stay in school. I mean, I think Bama's got a lot to prove next year. Uh, they're going to be coming back with a chip on their shoulder, I'm sure. Yeah. For the first time in a while, they're going to be out of the playoff picture totally. So I, 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 I like that, and, 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 I, and I commend Tua, and I commend whoever was giving him this advice because, man, how often can he be the man at Bama? I mean, he's going to be the man at Bama next yeah. year if he stays. Absolutely. I'll tell you what. I know what Nick Saban wants him to yeah, do. Exactly. I'll tell you that right now. Our number one in the books. Turn our attention to the NFL and some big moves in Major League Baseball as well. Make it rain here on Sports Grid. Come on back after this.